Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, Go Bros. Welcome to the Go Bundance Podcast. I got Dave Vernick here from Nashville, Tennessee. Dave, what's happening? Hey, Pat. How you doing? Good, buddy. So, Dave, first of all, first thing we always do is we give a three to five minute rundown of the story of your life from the day you were born until now. You're 58 years old. So give us the first 58 years and five minutes. That's a minute every decade. What do you got? Well, the first thing that's going to go fast. I was born in Gary, Indiana in 1962, and I don't remember that. Then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't remember that. Moved to Toledo, Ohio. I do remember that. I was about four or five years old, and then we moved to Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, moved back to Fort Wayne, Indiana, back to Nashville, Tennessee, and then I went to college in Pasadena, California. So that gets me through the first 20 years of my life. My dad worked for U.S. Steel originally in uh, Gary and got transferred working as an industrial engineer for the Kroger company, so that's when we got transferred to Cincinnati through those headquarters. My uh, Religious background is kind of interesting, I guess, because my father switched us from the Catholic religion when we were, all our family was in the, were Catholics, into what some people consider a, a minor cult light type church out in California that uh, was more Jewish than Christian. So at the age of nine, I was, they you know, pulled away uh, celebrating Christmas and Easter and all those things, and we celebrated a lot of the Jewish holidays instead didn't eat pork, couldn't watch TV on Saturdays. So the only reason I'm bringing that up is because that's what took me to Pasadena, California. That's where the church had a college. And that's where I met my wife, who was from Toronto, Canada. So we married after, after leaving college. The church kind of crumbled and fell apart. It splintered into many different groups. My parents still go to a splinter of that group, but my wife and I no longer attend that church. But my degree is in theology, so there you go. Uh, we've got four grown sons. The youngest is 25, the oldest is 33, and they all went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, they all have jobs, and they're all off payroll for the first time in my life, so I am a happy guy. This is 
absolutely the best time of my life being an empty nester with four sons out of the house. My wife and I do a lot of traveling. My wife is, uh, we've been married for 36 years, happily got married right when we both turned 22. Uh, I've been basically a banker my whole career and my wife is a very exclusive high-end interior designer. She's won HGTV TV awards and she's me featured in some magazines. So she's very accomplished at what she does. And about 13 years ago, I, I started investing in real estate on the side when I saw that I wasn't going to be able to make the standard of living and retirement that I wanted in banking. And uh, basically, I hooked up with some of my existing customers and said, hey, you're doing something that uh, you're retiring in your 40s and 50s. I'm not going to even be able to retire in my 60s the way this is going with the stock market. Show me what you're doing. And 13 years ago, I got involved in real estate. And fast forward to today, we've got with different partnerships, 122 properties, and I make more money on the side than I do in my day job. How's that for five minutes? <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Well, why don't you quit? Well, that was the first question of my GoPod. They said, <laughs> you know, what's it going to take for you to quit money-wise? I said, it's not about the money. I've got the money. I just don't know what to do with my time because I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't golf. I like to travel. But I also like the continuity of getting up and doing something every day. I don't, no one's accused me of being a workaholic. I, I generally leave the house at seven, get back by three or four in the afternoon. So I don't work super hard to begin with, but I do like to stay busy and I do like to be productive. Man, that's interesting. I mean, you could go, you could become a broker. So you're not, not beholden to a bank, right? Or something like that, not beholden to a boss or whatever, right? You just do deals online whenever you feel like it or. Or you'll find, you know, the universe brings you stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, we were talking about this the other day with some GoBros, and and um, it, there's almost a, a, a process that you gotta, you gotta have faith, right? You just have to have faith that, you know. I guess I, I wonder. Here's a question for you: What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Like, if you quit, I'm gonna give you an example, then I'm gonna ask you. Okay, so I, I have a good friend that's uh, a very successful real estate agent but he makes millions and he his his kids are in the business he's i think he's about your age 58 clearly doesn't need to work but he keeps going on appointments and appointments and 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 he says to me i'm afraid that i will find vices and by and i'm, I'm going to paraphrase here prostitution you know drinking too much I, 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 you know, I'm afraid that, that I'm going to become someone I don't want to become, so I keep working. What are you afraid of? I wouldn't classify it. I would have classified that as fear early on when I first started trying to figure out how to do something outside of banking, but the fear has kind of gone away with the income coming up. I think what comes down to me is we just got back from um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. My son just moved out to Denver, so we went out there to visit him had a great weekend, but on vacation is when I have these epiphanies. And the epiphany is, if I don't have anything to do, speaking of vices, I will probably become lazier. I'll eat way better than I should, three meals a day, drink more than I should, and I'll die of gout in about 10 days. <laughs> well, that's what you're afraid of, right? So I'm you're afraid, afraid of uh, the devil's workshop. Yeah. I got to stay busy doing something. Yeah, uh, but... I would argue that the stress of having a boss and being beholden to something is worse for your health than, you know, what you're actually afraid of 
and and what I what what's happened with me is because I'm I'm in a similar situation and you know I picked up pickleball, which they play pickleball. You know I walk to the pickleball court. It's, it's every day at seven thirty in the morning. But I played for an hour and a half this morning. It's a goofy ass sport, right? It's like ping pong, but <laughs> you know it's all it's all you, you know, but it's fun. I started uh, playing uh, disc golf, uh, which is you know the frisbee golf. And, and there's things you can pick up that are helpful and, you know, healthy. Tons of stuff. stuff. Stuff will happen. But anyways, it's interesting. Let's let's move on here. I don't want to get lost in this. So let's talk about you. Like, tell me about your horizontal income. What, what percentage are you right now, Dave? Basically, the way I look at it is I, I make about $130,000 a year salary with the bank to be totally transparent here. And then I've got my... My one sheet here, essentially, that I've been using all along, and so far year to date, with all my income from all my passive income sources on the horizontal side, to date, it's $437,000. So, mm. obviously, I, I, I don't really need to stay in the banking business, and I'm trying mm. to work, as we talked earlier, I'm trying to work myself out of banking in the next two years by essentially taking what I've done with real estate and passive income over the last uh, 13 years, put it into a course to attract people that were where I was at 45, kind of scratching my head, figuring out, trying to figure this thing out and giving them a path to walk on, but also to partner with them as well to help them build passive income because all the real estate I've got, I'm a partner with another person, at least one other person in everything I do. I think that's a great idea. I think that, um, I don't know if you've met Tom Burns, but uh, Tom is 61. He's a sports medicine doctor. He's in GoBundance. And, you know, he doesn't, he still works, you know, seeing patients, but he, but he makes very little money doing it. But he makes, just like you, probably four or five, probably actually 14 times uh, what he makes is actually what it is doing medicine. But the point is he just wrote a book called why doctors never get rich and it's the same concept i'll i'll, I'll introduce you guys because you would be a good match but uh it's the same thought process of yours you know uh, why people would say w2s struggle taking it to the the wealth building level so so your uh, what are your personal expenses dave like what does it cost for you and your wife and college educations and, and any, any other expenses? What do you spend per month? Our base expenses are mortgage on our house. And we're actually in the process of building our COVID house. <laughs> uh, my wife's an interior designer and she's paying rent on an office building right now. And I said, uh, why don't we move out of the city of Nashville just a little bit further out, not in the country or anything, but I want my own home office. Let's build up a uh, big old office for you so you can have clients in there. So uh, so right now our biggest expense is our mortgage and it's like 2,500 a month. After that, it's the next biggest expense is eating out because we eat out quite a bit. We both work and I would say that's about $1,500 a month. And then everything else is paid for including our kids' college education. So there's not a whole lot of financial pressure that I have. Yeah, but I'm also... Kid. You know, I'm not driving a Rolls Royce, and I'm not going on a private plane like Grant Cardone. <laughs> wow. All right, so I'm going to do the numbers here, buddy, because you're, first of all, your monthly expenses are phenomenal. 
So let's just say it's, you said 4,000. I'm going to say 5,000, right? Which I still am shocked at. So 5,000 and you're making 35, right? Yep. So that's a 700 percenter. So, so you're a 700. I don't even have to do the math on that. So you're, is that, is that right? Let me double check that, right? 5,000 divided by, well, would you say 440 is your number? 440,000 is your, divided by 12. 440, one, two, three, divided by 12, yeah, 36. All right, well, this is incredible, Dave. So basically, you are a 720 percenter. That's where we go, abundance. Of, you know, the goal of a lot of people is to become 100 percenter, where 100 percent of their, their expenses are paid uh, by passive income, horizontal income, which makes them financially free. You're a 720 percenter. And that, you know, is all horizontal. Tell me about your horizontal. What is it made up of? What does it look like? There's big three sections. The biggest section is real estate. These are our single family homes. Uh, essentially, they're starter homes that we bought during the crash in 2007. And what kept me out of real estate for so long was I was a banker. I was trained on how risky that can be. I saw the impact of people, especially developers, going belly up when times ran hard. I saw the SNL crisis and saw collapsing financial institutions, the RTC, all these things. But as I got older, I realized those were just the economy's natural way of washing out um, craziness in, the, in what's going on in the world. And that there were a lot of people that were getting rich because of those things, buying things cheaply. So not to say that I'm a genius by any stretch of the imagination, because I should have done it a long time ago. But if you've watched the movie The Big Short, um, that movie just hit home for me because I was actually calling on people that were mortgage brokers thinking, this thing is about to fall. This is a house of cards. There's no way that these people that are getting mortgages are going to be able to pay these. I didn't understand all the stuff going behind the scenes with the collateralized debt obligations and all that. All I knew was when you loan an idiot a lot of money, you're not going to get your money back. That's, I knew that for a fact. <laughs> when you loan an idiot, ah, that, that, that's the commercial broker's simplified prequel, right? <laughs> Are you an idiot? And, and, and the people that were getting loans were idiots, and the guys that were giving the loans were idiots. So I said, this is going to house a car that's going to fall. And instead of being the guy that was shorting the, you know, the, the AIGs of the world, I was the guy that said, I have got to get ready to jump in here and buy real estate because this is a fire sale of epic proportions for the first time in my life. But what was a big hindrance for me was I thought I had to be that guy that could swing a hammer. I thought I had to be that guy that wanted to manage rental properties and fix toilets and all that stuff. And I'm terrible at that. My wife would always ask me to do something over the weekend. And I kid you not, if it's not changing a light bulb, I don't really want to do it. I told, <laughs> I told her my favorite tool in the tool belt is my checkbook. I'd rather pay a professional to come do it correctly than to do it incorrectly, him charge me more because he's got to fix what I messed up and I'm cursing like a sailor the whole time and I'm pissed. So let me just pay someone and he'll do it and I'm happy, he's happy and stop looking at me like I'm not a man because I can't do this stuff. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I, I, don't, I don't fix anything. So let me, let, me, let, let me look at some other numbers here. So you're a commercial banker so this will all make sense to you. We always try to look at you know, return on equity, right? Right, Because a lot of people are looking at return on investment. 
But at the end of the day, when you're talking about wealth, it's return on equity. So what would you say your horizontal income to net worth ratio is? My probably my horizontal to net worth ratio is probably uh, 10 to 1. 10 percent? Yeah. Okay. That's high for, uh, for yeah. a real estate investor. Most of the real estate investors that are in GoBundance struggle because they're around 2%, 3%, 4%. It's about average. Usually people that own businesses can get it up as high as 10%. So let's think about this. So why is that so high? So you've got – so your net, if your net worth is – well, if your net worth is $4.5 million and you're making four fifty, that's 10%. So yeah, and I'm not I'm not including my home equity in my net worth because I think I kind of use the the Kiyosaki Robert Kiyosaki method where your house is not an asset. Mm -hmm. So I'm not including equity in my house as my net worth. I I'm guess only, you're, you are your do you do you have how are they leveraged? What's your what's your uh, what's your loan to net worth ratio? On, on my personal residence or my yeah, no no on everything on everything your net worth is is is, is four million dollars or four and right. a half million dollars how much do you have how much you know? well just on my real estate portfolio i've got that right here um total <laughs> value of all the real estate that i'm partners in is 16.7 million and the total debt is eight million so 50 percent there yeah so you're eight million dollars in debt that's all recourse debt it's all recourse, but the way I look at recourse when people, again, this is one of the things that may have kept me from getting into real estate because I was thinking, you gotta, you got to have a lot of leverage to be in real estate, and I don't want to have to personally guarantee all that debt. And when I really sat down and studied it, we were buying houses at, when, at, a, at our best time. We were buying houses for $70,000, and you can see the skyline in Nashville, Tennessee from these. These were close to downtown. And these houses have all quadrupled in value. In fact, the lot is worth more than we paid for them. So really at the wow. end of the day, are you, when you guarantee $8 million in loans, are you really going to get killed if everything gets taken away from you? Prices would have to drop way over 50% for us to even break it, not have to break even. That's $16 million. You have partners in that? How, what? Yeah. I have partners in all my real estate because what I found out, you had to do four things in real estate. You got to find the deal, you got to finance it, then you got to fix it up to either rent it out or flip it, or you got to manage it as a property. So I, I, I did one flip, and this is kind of hilarious because my wife is like, you're going to do what? You can't barely change a light bulb, but you're going to flip a house? And I said, no, no, no. I've actually hired a mentor who, who does this. They teach people how to do this. And I'm really, I'm going to do the class and I'm not going to say one word. I'm going to do what they tell me to do. But the only purpose of me taking this class is to figure out where I add value. What am I good at? And mm. the thing that stared me right in the face, which I was kind of like one of those V8 moments, you know, I could have had a V8. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, what a moron. The whole time, all you're good at of all the things is raising capital. <laughs> It's what you do for a living, you dummy. Well, it's yeah, and you you have all the connections. People trust you. They they go. They've been to you several times. You're like their guy. That that makes sense, right? Why and why not? So, you know, go so with, what go I would do is I would get I would get a my first person I talked to about it was my next door neighbor who was a doctor, and I said, "Here's what I'm doing. I'm gonna 
flip the house, he started laughing at me. I mean, literally falling on the ground laughing because he said, Dave, when your kids' bikes break, you send them over to my house to fix them. And I said, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm pretty lousy at it, but I'm not doing it. These people that I'm paying are going to show me how to do it. And he said, I'll tell you what, if, if you don't get your legs blown off from doing this yourself, I might be interested in doing one with you. And I said, okay. So after we did the first one and we rented it out, in fact, that was my very first house. We, we, we didn't flip it. We actually rented it out. And that house, 13 years later, we still own it. It's paid for. And the people that are, that uh, rented the house from us are still there today. We've not had one turnover in 13 years in that house, which is very unusual, I understand. But it's a cash cow now because there's no debt on it. So my, my next door neighbor, who's a doctor, said, I'll go out and get a $100,000 unsecured line of credit. We'll go do a house with that. I am not going to put any of my money in this thing. So I want an infinite return. And I said, that's fine. Once, once we get the first uh, bill for interest, stick it in my mailbox. And to this day, we've got, uh, with him, 17 properties. He's got a half a million dollars of equity, and he's getting monthly cash flow, and he thinks it's the greatest thing he's ever seen. Of course he does, because he's not put one dime of his own money in this. It's, it's, it was an incredible deal. Yeah, that's, it's interesting to watch that, right? Very interesting. Okay. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So uh, let's shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about Dave's health. So how much do you weigh? 210. And how much do you want to weigh? 200. Okay. And what is your body fat? Um, I, my BMI is 27. So I'm about 10 pounds away from that goal. There's actually uh, one of my, my, my personal physician gave me a kind of a cool tip because most middle-aged men have issues with uh, belly fat. You know, that's the yeah. hardest to get rid of. Visceral fat. I, I yeah. got the same problem. At 15 years, of, I just have this 10 pounds of visceral fat. I can't, I can't, I'm just struggle with it. I hate it. So okay. go ahead. Here, I'm going to give you a tip. You ready? Yeah. It's called uh, Prolon FMD for fast mimicking diet. Mm. And Let me write days, this down. Pro, Spell it. P-R-O- L-O-N, P-R-O-L-O-N, and then F-M-D stands for Fast Mimicking Diet. So essentially, you order this box, and it was developed by a physician out in University of Southern California named Walter, V-A-L-T-E-R, Longo. This is what my doctor told me to do. He goes, if you, if you can't get rid of this fat, I'm going to suggest you do this. And you get a box in the mail. It's kind of pricey. It's like $2.25 for the box. In that box, there are five small boxes. And every day you eat or drink whatever's in that box. And it, you get, your body will go into ketosis. I've done this six times. And lately I've been losing every single time eight to 10 pounds in five days. Okay, so let me get this straight. So <laughs> you've done it six times. Yes. At, at, at eight pounds or nine pounds, six times nine is 54. You've lost 54 pounds? I've lost 40 pounds. Because you, as you, as I said, when I go on vacation, there's no holds barred. So I'm eating steak and potatoes and 
drinking nice wine, all that good stuff. So it's the seesaw thing, but I am step, step Yeah, but it's not down. that much. Yeah, I'm I mean, you're still down. like 80%. And how yeah. long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been doing it uh, for about six months now. Oh, wow. So that's easy. So yeah. do you get hungry? No, that's why that I like it. Day? You don't get hungry, but you do get tired of soup because you're going to eat soup for lunch and soup for dinner. But soup. you're not hungry. It, and, and then what do you – soup for lunch, soup for dinner, what do you eat for breakfast? Uh, they give you a little – packaged uh, nut bar that actually tastes pretty good and you get a cup of tea no cream so it's pretty strict oh yeah it's very caloric restrictive but you could drink all the water you want and you could drink the tea and you can so you can fill your belly up with liquids and that soup is very nutritious and you have some pills that you take for supplements everything's in the box so you don't have to think about it wow but, that's a that's a great it's a great idea from a mark from a marketing standpoint, right? I mean, it's like because at the end of the day, that's really all we want to do is be told what to do, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of how it is. So, tell me about exercise. Uh, every day when I get home from work early, I always call my wife and say, "Are you finished work?" And she'll tell me, "No, just sit and wait." And we will go uh, walk around Radnor Lake, which is about two and a half mile walk. It's got hills and woods and forest and all that. There's wild turkeys, deer, there's redheaded woodpeckers. I mean, essentially, it's nature's walk. So it's both my alone time with my wife, time to talk about online today, and my exercise all wrapped in one. That's great, buddy. All right, so um, let's talk about your life happiness index. What number is your life happiness index? I would say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a solid eight. I, there's always room for improvement. I don't know that I would ever get to a 10 because my – my GoPod teases me with, we all rate the meeting afterwards and eight is as high as I'll give it. And they're like, what is it going to take to get a 10? And I'm like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if perfection is possible. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a, I guess I call myself a realistic dad. Uh, my sons kind of look at me and shake their heads, but I said, you got to consider with where I'm sitting. I, I have to make a judgment call on a lot of people for loans. And my wife would get upset with me because she would, she would take me, we'd go to schools where the kids would be in a competition and one of them would be like a talent contest and it was a voting thing afterwards and she would say, okay, you're going to go vote for one of our sons, are you? And I'm like, no, they weren't the best one. And she goes, you're kidding me. I said, if it was a tie, it'd be a, I'd give them the tiebreaker for being my son, but if in my opinion someone did it better than them, I'm going to give it to the guy who was better. So that's kind of the way I look at everything. Is so yeah, yeah I mean, but eight is but eight is high on the life happiness index. I mean, the most guys again that come on these that have come on this show, and you're probably the hundred. Uh, I think we're on, yeah, uh, we're close to a hundred now, uh, over a hundred, uh, average around seven and seven point two something like that. So eight, eight is high. Twice in a row, you you you're thinking you're low, but you're actually high. <laughs> um, because generally there's a couple that are fives and fours that are pulling you down. So that's great, man. I mean, you're, you're doing great. You're doing well, good. I've got, so, uh, I've got my health. I've got four sons. They're all payroll. I'm married to the same woman for 36 years that I'm still in love with. I have nothing to complain about. I mean, essentially it's like one of the hardest things I've had in life is essentially saying, who do I want to be like? And I can't find anybody I'd trade places with. I essentially look at people's lives and say, you can't just take the good parts. You got to take, you know, the bad parts too. 
And when I look at the bad parts, I'm like, ah, I think I'll take, I'll think I take my life. <laughs> That's great. I love it. All right. So uh, let's shift gears again. I want to talk to you about your, your greatest hits album, right? There's a Dave Vernick greatest hits album. Johnny Cash has a greatest hits album. So does Justin Timberlake. I want to see what yours is. You got 58 years. What are the five most poignant moments? The moments that if you died today, Dave, they would flash through your eyes 10 seconds at a time and then you would die. Those five moments, what are they? Um, marrying my wife and the birth of my four sons. There's five right there. I just nailed it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to push you. You can't use any of those. Give me five can't more. Use those? Okay, well, probably one of the biggest... Uh, impacts in my life was when I was in college, but going back to that religious college, one of the summers I spent on an archaeological dig in Israel. So for four weeks, I was digging up in the city of David, uncovering artifacts from the Roman Empire. So that was kind of... That's what a greatest hit is. That's that, what I'm talking about that right was, there. That can't, was really we can't cool. use cliches. So yes. that's really cool. That's great. Okay, give me four more. Okay, well, my wife and her, her two sisters surprised her parents, took them to France, and uh, I got lonely, and I decided that I would jump on a plane and, and fly over there. And uh, I got into Nice in France, and nobody really spoke English, and I was renting a car from Hertz to drive to Saint-Marie. Didn't know where Saint-Marie Saint was. And I got in the car, and I could not figure how to get that sucker into reverse. So it was a stick shift, and there's... What I found out later was there a little thing, a little thing underneath the stick shift you pull up, but I didn't know that. I decided just to take a chance and drive all the way to San Remy, which was like a two-hour drive. I'd hope I never needed to go in reverse. So I got, <laughs> I got all the way there, and then I got lost in a neighborhood. I had to jump out of the car and put it, I could put it in neutral and push it backwards down a hill got back in the car, drove again, came to a dead end, but this time I, I couldn't push it out. So I had to leave the car there and go into the town by foot and find my wife. And luckily I was able to get a cell phone reception and find her. So she thought that was kind of cool that I went through all that. I was kind of mad when I got there, but it was one of those things where like, I love my wife so much, I'm going to do this with no, no forethought. And, no and that, that was, was that a surprise? It was a total surprise, yeah. That's awesome. All right, give me another one. Uh, another one was basically our... Our 35th wedding anniversary, we rented what my son called a drug lord's house in uh, Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, right at, at the mouth of Megan's Bay, and uh, flew all our kids out there with their two spouses and one of the grandkids, and we just kind of hung out and had a ball and uh, stayed up talking and just, my son, my oldest son actually put together a This Is Your Life video from all our friends in college. So he had gotten everybody to do little videos, little vignettes for us. So it's on Google Drive so we can watch it anytime we want, but it's kind of cool. That's awesome. That is, um, that's great. And then did you pay for that? I paid for everyone to get there and I paid for the house, but once they get there, they had to chip in and do some work. I, I've always told my five, my, my four sons, I'm like, there's one thing I cannot stand when I come home after hard days work. And that's, I come home and say, you guys, sitting on the couch, doing nothing, the house is a mess, and you're asking what's for dinner. So when we're on vacation, I don't mind flying you there. I don't mind paying for the place. But here's my rule. You either go shopping for, for the groceries, you pay for the groceries, 
you cook the food or you clean up after dinner. Pick one. <laughs> no, that's great. And I love the rules that you have, you know, because a lot of people, I know we've done that a couple of times and it's big, a big frustration of my wife's, uh, rightfully so, that, you know, um, and it, these aren't my kids, but my siblings and their some of their kids, we've had family reunion type vacations and, you know, a lot of them just slacked and didn't do anything the whole time. Well, it's a, I think the, if parents allow that to happen, then their punishment is they get to keep cleaning up after the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. So let's move to your future, right? So you got another, you got another, you know, 50 years here, right? You're going to live to 108. So give me three future greatest hits. Well, the, the, the one that I've joined GoBundance for to hold me accountable was basically get out of banking by the time I'm 60. You know, that umbilical cord that I've had since I graduated from college is a hard thing to cut. Um, and like I said, I've, I've done the hardest part was replace my income, more than replace my income. Now I have to fill the time with what I want to do with my time. So, And you can also invest. You know, I mentioned that before. You know, I just mentioned some of the physical things that I've been doing, but but I spent a lot of time investing. Like I was on, you know, two calls a day just looking at deals. And even if you say no, it's still kind of fun. It's still kind of right. like qualifying as someone for a commercial loan. You're qualifying this investment. Yeah, I can see I can see myself having the freedom to go talk to like CPAs and say, hey, you know, let me talk to your clients that are having tax issues and maybe we can buy their house from them and rent it back to them, you know, things like that. Things that I ha I really shouldn't or can't do now, I can probably do. And plus, helping people get started in real estate that may not have the financial capacity to pull down a loan yet, become their private banker and raise the capital for them to, I don't want to help them on their first one, but maybe their second or third, you know. All right, give me two more future greatest hits. Okay, so one of the things that we want to do is Nashville gets kind of cold in the wintertime. So, and this is another reason why I have to get out of banking because they wouldn't let me do this. I want to be gone for the winter months. <laughs> so we'll probably, every winter from now, from the age of 60 on, we are going to leave and go somewhere where it's closer to the equator, like Costa Rica, Portugal, South, Southern Spain, you know, South America. So every, and then just live there for the winter to explore that culture and learn everything that country has to offer. So that's, that's a huge thing I'm looking forward to. All right. And then one more. Last thing is the only country that's on my bucket list that I really want to see, my wife wants to see a bunch of them, but the only one that I really want to see that I have on my list is New Zealand. And that is such a far trip. So we're going to have to make sure we can uh, go first class for that longer flight, stop in Bali or somewhere for a week just to recover from one leg of the trip, and just do a, do a slow trip where it would take probably a month when you include all the travel to go there and enjoy it and come back. So that's, that's my big bucket list item. That's awesome. Yeah, we did it. Uh, my kids are, well, at the time, I think they were probably low 20s, but uh, we, we took our two daughters there uh, to New Zealand and Australia we went over the holidays, something you may want to consider. We went, um, we did New Year's Eve in Sydney Harbor in Australia. And uh, New Zealand was awesome too. Now, the thing about New Zealand is it's, it's vast. Yeah. 
I mean, like you could take a bus trip to see some waterfalls and it could take like seven hours. Right. Like, and you see nothing but cows or whatever. So, a lot of sheep. It, it, <laughs> a lot of sheep, yeah. It'd be cool. You know, it'd be cool is to get, and I got this actually, this uh, thing sitting on my desk. It's a kiwi. A kiwi. Yeah, they got these all over there. But, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of what I thought was cool, and if I did it again, people got the camper vans. Yeah. You know, and like a little tiny RV and just drove them. That way you're in control and you can drive all over the place. I'm kind of a, I, we, my wife and I, for one of our trips, we, went, we took a Western River Expedition, big uh, raft down the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. And that was fun for about three days. And then it started getting like, this is too much like camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing, yeah. We, we didn't do it. We stayed at all hotels, but uh, yeah, that, that it's a great trip. We loved it. <clears throat> we loved it. And remember that their, their summer is our winter. So it's even, it's even better. It kind of fits in with your second uh, greatest future, greatest hit and, and going someplace warm when it gets cold, you know, is, is they're the exact opposite of what we are here. So. Yeah, my wife is Canadian, out. but her blood's thinned out pretty heavily since she's been here for 36 years, and so she can't stand it when the when the temperature drops below 70. Now she gets cold, and I'm like, "You're the worst Canadian I've ever met in my life." But <laughs> it is an older thing, you know. I I I lived my whole life uh, up until 40, what I don't know, 48 or something uh, in Maryland, and um, you know there was a time. You know, growing up and everything, I never even noticed it. I didn't notice people said, oh, I live in California or I live in Florida. And I'm like, yeah, well, I live near Baltimore, Maryland. And it's it, it never occurred to me that I lived in a, a cold, dark place until suddenly, sometime in my 40s, I was like, man, it rains a lot here. It's cold all the damn time. Why am I living here? And uh, that's when my wife and I moved to South Carolina. Uh, just because that was the main driver. It, was, it just makes more sense. The sun shines every day. Even if it's cold, the sun is shining. Yeah. So, it makes uh, a big difference on your attitude, <clears throat> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Dave, this has been really fun. You know, guys, if, you, if you're listening to this and you need some commercial banking advice uh, or any banking advice, you know the guy to go to. And, uh, and anyways, I, I appreciate all you do, Dave. Thanks for being candid with everybody and and sharing your one sheet information and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you face to face and uh, breaking some bread with you in the near future. That's great, Pat. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded, but I love my wife. I love my life and I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you-